Hello and welcome to the 47th episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and those mental breaks you've come to know and love, hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the balder to my Thor, Mr. Kale Adam. If you like what you hear, you can and should review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Long Live Pod. There's a link tree on both of those. It takes you to all the places, especially our YouTube channel if you like to watch while you listen, but it's not our faces, it's our gameplay and that's good enough for right now. With that out of the way, Kale, how you going? Kavinda, I love every week to see your read of this intro, which is just so gloriously schizophrenic. It it hits all the points, which I love, but then I never know what you're going to ad-lib and like what you're going to kind of give a little extra colour to. And it, it, it's, 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 it, it's pretty exciting every week, I think. I like to think I'm really good on my feet. Like I think quickly and uh i think this is the just as my weekly training essentially where i've got it written down in front of me and i don't look at it i glance at it in the beginning and then once i get my cadence i just i go for it and then i need to throw some stuff in there because i said at some point i was like you can watch it while you listen but i was like let's be really clear though you're not watching us you're watching the gameplay because on my feet i was like they're not they're gonna think they're watching us but they're not watching us what what people don't know is that every week we enter this fucking crucible and we are tested just every time just relentlessly our wits our minds our reflexes everything has to be honed to a razor edge and i i think we exceed even those lofty expectations every time every time we exceed someone's expectations, surely. I don't know if we exceed all expectations. Thankfully for me, expectations have always been quite low. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like... Uh, I, true, true, you true. Know. Well, that's, that's why I said, like, my expectations, it's, it's exceeding mine, because, again, quite low there as well. But then there's other people who just assume that, like, we make money or something off this. Oh, God, no. God, no, like, we whoa, lose whoa, whoa, money. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> this is running at a definite loss right now. And oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's okay, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, like, it's not exactly making me destitute or anything but yeah this is a slight cost <laughs> to so essentially what i what i'll need from you kale is now that you're back into the back on the scene you know spitting out oh, call of ooh. duty Warzone build guides because obviously you're such a huge Warzone guy <laughs> thank you yeah i'm an expert actually yeah, um, yeah yeah you're an expert on Warzone and nicholas cage so I'm really glad to have you on the podcast this week. <laughs> what Govinda is failing to uh, properly credit is that I have made a glorious comeback to the world of games journalism. I have published two new articles this week, one on my beloved Twinfinite.net, the scrappy upstart website that gave me my start in the industry, Govinda, and another, a little indie website called IGN.com. You ever heard of that one? No, I can't you've, say I have. Oh, no, I have actually. You've never... I would call it the uh, the graveyard of gaming journalism, but continue. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, it's actually like because we cannot be serious here or show any kind of uh any kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not twee, not um enthusiasm, honesty. Positive reinforcement. Yeah, because we cannot show that because that's weakness for the other and the, <laughs> the other will will pounce upon it. I've actually been reading IGM for 20 years and it's pretty fucking awesome. I've wanted to publish an article there my entire life. Basically as long as I've been playing video games. Unfortunately, it wasn't <laughs> a it wasn't a video game article that you posted. It wasn't. Hey, no, your it was name about... is on the website, you know, the name yeah. is on the website. 
the byline is all that matters. But it was about Nicolas Cage, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if everyone didn't know, Nicolas Cage turned down a lot of roles, including roles in Lord of the Rings and The Matrix, so he could stay home with his kids. Uh, yeah, so. and um, if you want to know any more, you can uh, read about it on IGN.com. Uh, I did just give yeah. you like the too long didn't read, so feel free to not do that. But if you do want to go over there, feel free to... Just search Kale Adam. It's uh, it's interesting though because we've been able to talk shit about you know just the industry in general for what almost a year now, and now it's like I am amongst God's chosen again, Govinder. I'm one of the uh, the chosen few, the the gaming press, the you're elite. God if complex, you will. Do you? No, you're the one with the Messiah complex. We talked about this. We talked about no, this. Listen to. I've already diagnosed you with it. You, you've already you've blanked that. You weren't even listening to yourself when you were talking. Just it's then, because. <laughs> I think when I really think about it, I struggle to be serious about these things. I need to, I need to demean it, undercut it by over exaggerating. Un- yeah, I was gonna say undercut. You mean over exaggerate yeah. so much that people think it's a farce? I don't know if people even believe that you do that. To be totally honest, I think yeah, no, man, you're it's lying like, now. No, it's fun though. It's 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 cool to be doing it again. It gives me another reason to justify all the time i spend playing video games like you by know, taking away so much of your time and now making you unable to play video games like today i got to drop back into elden ring to capture some gameplay and get screenshots so i could write a guide and that was just a reason for me to spend half an hour dicking around oh, in elden oh, ring really dude, elden ring guides i'm actually i'm on board with that that's pretty chill oh, yeah i know look out for it dude it's scheduled it's not published but it's scheduled <laughs> what's the guide for can you tell me do you actually want to know? <laughs> Do you I actually kind of give intrigued. a shit? I just want to, I'm just intrigued. What's it about? Uh, there's an incantation called Fire Grant Me Strength. It's one of the uh, Fire Monk oh, incantations. Oh, the Fire Cleanse Me. Yeah, it's the other one. It uh, boosts physical and fire damage by 20%, and you can get it in Kaelid at Fort Gale, which is in the southernmost. Physical most. and fire? Yeah, by 20% for 30 seconds. It's actually pretty clutch. Oh, 30 seconds. Oh. I need it for longer than that. Anyway, this is not about our podcast anymore. We're not going to keep promoting these websites. In fact, I refuse to until they promote <laughs> us. <laughs> so this Bad is the, the first and last you'll hear about Kale working at Twinfinite and IGN until you see us on their front page. Did anyone else just get like a fucking shiver through their whole body when he said that? Or was that just me? I think it was just me, but that's fine. Dude, I- that's fine. I think you're having a stroke, bro. Can you raise <laughs> both your hands for me? Oh. Okay, you're all right uh, for now, but um, sketchy for sure. But yeah, so what, 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 what? You don't have COVID? What happened? Give the give the p- good people an update. I have maintained COVID freeness. Uh, Beautiful. Unless I get COVID in the next twenty four to forty eight hours, uh, the wedding's still on. So I'm still going to the wedding. It's going right. to be mighty fucking cold. I just went to get a shirt dry clean because I finally got out and could go outside to get the shirt dry clean. And I was like, can I get it back tomorrow? And she was like, no. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm, I've never had anything dry cleaned. I don't know what... Is that is that like controversial for you to ask for that? I would have expected that, but I don't know. I, I didn't know because I don't really take too much of the dry clean. And when I do, I don't... I'm just like, whenever. And like, it's whatever. But now I'm on a time crunch and I need it back by tomorrow because I fly out the morning after. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and what she you... was like, she was like, no, because it's got stains. And I was like, all right, well, can you just make the stains look less bad? And she was like, yeah, we can probably do that. So it is. I did leave it there. I am getting it back tomorrow, and it's just going to be done 
I think, quote unquote, as good as possible. I have to know. What are the stains? Oh, it's not my shirt. It's my brother's shirt. It's just like the, around the collar just is a little bit like d- brown. Like sweaty? Because it's a little sweaty, sweaty stains. Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't been dry yeah. in a while. So uh, I'm going to dry for Hey, look, he's lending me a whole suit. I'm, I'm going to take it for sure. But yeah, going to a wedding, I'm very excited. And I, I'm just, I'm in this state of fear crippling fear that something's mm, going to get me mm-hmm. sick so now i'm at the point where i'm like i don't want to eat something that i'm a little sketchy on in case i get food poisoning and this is what covid and locking down for two years does to people where now just to be able to go on a plane three hours i'm scared of everything i'm like i gotta say i'm sick if it ruins this trip for me i will break <laughs> mentally <laughs> i'm pretty jealous i wish i was going down there it sounds like a good time but i guess my invitation got lost in the mail hmm? no you're just yeah. not friends with them yeah i'm I guess not. <laughs> I, I probably haven't seen either of them in like five years. Or so. But the best bit is we've got an Airbnb. So me and some friends have the Airbnb. We have a car. We have to drive like three hours north of Melbourne to get there. We go kind mm. of into mountain area. It's going to get very cold. Yeah, I believe that. Free booze. Obviously, it's a wedding. I'd be disappointed any if there wasn't. But there's also a free bus to take me home. I like that. I like so, that. So, no one needs to be designated driver. Everyone's getting lit. It's going to be a good old time. Remind me, it's just, obviously, the wedding's just on one day. How long are you down there? Leave Friday morning. We drive, like, we'll drive most, or well, not most of the day. Maybe we'll do, like, a little road trip and stop a few stops along the way. And then we'll, the wedding's on Saturday and I fly back Sunday afternoon. So, not long. A fun little fact. Someone else, a mutual friend of ours that is going, they can rename, remain nameless. Uh, I know for a fact that they have a medical marijuana license and they will be legally transporting weed probably on the flight you are on which is blows my mind in australia most likely not the flight i'm on but maybe the flight that friend of the show sean his partner are on so my brother used to work for virgin and mm. when he took voluntary redundancy when covid kicked off they gave him i think it was 10 years of staff travel and so i'm actually flying business class staff travel oh, return yeah. <laughs> which is uh pretty no big deal Let's just say I have to dress nice and they're going to treat me much nicer than all the plebs back in the economy. So you really, this is some that. real nepotism. You're using your brother's connections. You're wearing your brother's suit, sweaty suit. And uh, well, I, as I told you, I think I don't fit into my suit anymore. And I didn't really have a spare like $500 to buy a suit. So fair. this is what it's come to. I mean, I got to my absolute wedding day and realized that my suit didn't fit. So I borrowed my brother's suit that day and I got married in his suit. Yeah, that was not so, I really regret not shaving, I'm going to be honest with you. On my bu- my wedding? Yeah, 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 yeah. I look back at that, I'm like, God, that beard is so bad. But anyway, Kale, enough about <laughs> us. Oh, well, actually, let's continue about us, but more about what we've been playing. Oh, definitely more this us. This is a gaming podcast, definitely. so let's talk about the games, Kale. I see here you've not really played anything. Yeah, I'm in a bit of a funk, i got to be honest. Like, we've played a shitload more Destiny, that's fine. I've no, we haunted. haven't. We played a little bit more Destiny. Your your the hyperbole is, needs to chill. I suppose it seems like more because I, I captured some gameplay on my own. I've kind of played a bit on my own too. That's been great. Fucking uh, Crusader Kings. I'm still faffing around with that, but honestly, that's on PC. So it kind of hurts me that the PlayStation version is not feature complete and is in fact quite desolate in my opinion. <laughs> like compared to what else is out for it on the PC version, it's anyway. That's a fun thing. And yeah, I don't know. I got nothing at the moment. Nothing's really calling me. I'm just broken inside. I'm like watching Netflix, which I oh. never do. I know it's it's 
pretty grim. But uh, what do you got? Are you playing anything? Actually, I guess I should say I'm hoping to find something like over the weekend. I want to like try and sit down. I keep telling myself I'll play Sekiro. It doesn't happen. I just I just don't get there. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't. It's too painful. Yeah, I am interested by Tiny uh, Tina. Mm-hmm. I just know that it's going to be on an aggressive sale soon. So the yeah. longer I can hold out. You know, save a few pennies. Yeah, it's pretty bleak out there. This doesn't happen very... Like, I'm like, is it time to go back to Persona? Like, that's still sitting there. That's always my dead time game. I just get through, like, one more palace and I slowly inch towards it. But yeah, we're getting to that territory. But have I got a game for you, Kale? And I think you'll like it. Maybe you'll hate it. But I've been playing a little game called Nobody Saves the World. Because our PlayStation accounts are intrinsically, almost sexually linked. I know that you only downloaded this today. So how much have you really played? I probably put in about four hours. Okay. Actually, that's more impressive (laughs) than I was expecting. (laughs) Maybe not four. Maybe not four. But I put in a decent amount. Look, if you start playing it, I'm I'm level 14 or something. So I've moved along. Now, Nobody Saves the World is a game by Drink Drinkbox Studio. They've done mm. games like Guacamelee, Guacamelee 2, and they also did Severed, which was relegated to the Vita and eventually, I think, came to iOS and Android at some point. I think uh, it even was came to console eventually, but it lost the touch controls. As far as I'm aware, it couldn't come to console, so it never did. So I think it was only P- Vita and iOS and any touchscreen devices. That was the last game that the PS Vita was was it was ever made specifically for, for, the, for the PS Vita. Yeah. 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 Everything uh, else was like ports or something like that. And after that, the Vita was just left to die in the wastes. It's funny how like, you know, you try and games journalists or people in media try and say there is no like bias, but I will always have goodwill for Drinkbox Studios because when we had our last garbage podcast, they were literally the only developer that ever sent us codes. Four oh, seven, yeah, yeah, Honestly. and that was it. Was so nice. <laughs> it was like such a good feeling. We, we literally got a review out. Like, uh, was it? It wasn't day of. It was pretty close though. Yeah, no, I think we were, we actually we hit the embargo. Like we were pretty buttoned up. We were very excited because someone was actually dealing with us. It was like, and I think the YouTube video that we posted actually got views day one because we were probably yeah. one of the few people who actually reviewed the game. It's like you. I think you do definitely get numb to that but the first one was very special i'll always remember that that was awesome like the pr people were great yeah they they took a chance on us but anyway nobody saved the world is by drink box games and it is essentially like a very old school zelda like little dungeon crawler kind of game yeah and so nobody saves the world there's a big calamity coming there's only one wizard that has the ability to stop it but he's gone missing and you, Mm. you have to find him uh, and his little apprentice is there and his little dweeb and you steal his wand and you are a nobody. So you, if you look at the cover, you see like a little white ghost little dude with empty eye sockets. And with the wand, you have the ability to transform into new forms. Yeah. Uh, so one, the first one you get is a little rat. Uh, he has different abilities like poison, whatever. And essentially there's like bludgeon, poison, light damage and piercing damage. And different enemies will have different what they Weaknesses. Called? I don't even know. Like, it's a weakness thing. It'll have, like, a little icon of a sword, so you know it needs to be piercing damage to break that. But once yeah, it's broken, yep. you can then use anything to damage it. And it's just a lot of going through dungeons and using special abilities to get through places. Like, I just unlocked a mermaid form, so now I can swim through water I couldn't swim through before. Uh, it's very much like a little Zelda thing, but it's very fun, and I was having a great time. It really reminds me of... I've just seen, like, a bit of gameplay now. It really reminds me of, like... Did you ever play Wonder Boy? Like those old games, they got a re I know them, I don't think I ever played them, no. It was a similar thing. You'd get like different forms. You'd get like, you know, the fucking 
fish form and you could use that to progress and like they were just 2D platformers. This kind of reminds me of like um almost Enter the Gungeon or uh yeah. Isaac, like that kind of It does. The the difference is it's almost and I, I was trying to think about this before the show whether I would prefer it or not, but it's not a twin stick shooter. Oh, it looks like one. It definitely looks yeah. like one. So all your but all your face buttons are abilities and you are using a D-pad to or I use the D-pad, you use the stick and you can aim it and it's only across the two axes, like up, down, left, right. Uh you can't go diagonally. But if you hold R2, you lock it into a strafe. So if you, oh. you can, that's kind of how you, you deal with it. But the way you do all your leveling up is really interesting because each form that you have has a grade. So A, B, C, D, F. No E for some reason. They skip it. It's like school grades. Huh. And if you get like one, if you have one of your forms to a C, you'll unlock another form. And then if you unlock that same form to a B, you'll get another form. And so that's how the tree kind of branches out. But then also the way it levels up is your base form, like your nobody form has a level and that's just your base level. Just all your stats go up every time you level up. But then each of your forms have their own levels. They have their own quests that come up. So like use this ability five times, kill eight enemies at once with this ability and you'll get experience towards the form and not towards yourself. It's very interesting. It sounds complicated, but it's actually really cool. And then it really reminds me of like Final Fantasy Tactics where you would like level up your different very jobs. Much so, yeah. Yeah, like and it's that even to the point where you can you can cross pollinate where you get a way that you can add one of your other form abilities to a different form. Mm. So like I can add my archer's rapid shot to a rat. So my rat then has piercing and poison damage. So if you come up into a dungeon where you're like, okay, I've got enemies that are, need piercing to break, but I need to poison them. Like you can kind of figure it out that way. Uh, it's very it's it's more challenging than I was expecting it to be. And a lot of the times I'm literally pulling a whole horde of enemies and just running away but I do have a slug that drops a, a trail that slows them and then it does da- extra damage to things that have status afflictions on them as well. So there's a lot going on. It's really you, fun. I've been enjoying it a lot. Did you say it was co-op? It is co-op and that's why that I said is... this is a game for you, Kale. It is a... It literally, every time I got into a dungeon, it says P2, press start. Okay. So I think there's online co-op as well from the main menu, but it looks like local co-op is there too. And it's just a really well-made fun game and like the world is charming and weird and i ran into an alien that was in disguise and it was trying to convince me it was a human but it obviously wasn't and it's just yeah, right. very good I'll, look. Oh, I'll check that out for sure i mean i've got nothing else going on you know what i mean now before i got into nobody saves the world today i was playing a lot of horizon and i finished the saga i've finished horizon. You did. that is i haven't platinumed horizon mm, key differentiator so. yeah 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 <laughs> But I finished it. Uh, I started going through the Platinum journey. And then I got to some fighting pits that were really pissing me off. And then I found Nobody Saves the World. And here we are. <laughs> Forgot all about it. I have a lot of questions, but I can't ask them for obvious reasons. Like, just give me, like, generally, like, does it wrap up in a meaningful way? Or does it kind of annoyingly set up for a part three, generally speaking? I guess you've had to think. You've had to think. Super subjective. So look, it definitively, definitively, and aggressively sets up a third. Yeah, I kind of could feel that coming. Yeah, but for me, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird and I'm an outlier. But I thought the story was actually quite good. People seem to be kind of shitting on it everywhere, and I yeah. really thought it was kind of re- interesting, and I enjoyed it pretty thoroughly something that i noticed the more i played this game is that while we were when we first came out we were like man these side quests are so awesome the more mm. i go through it i'm like 80 percent of these side quests are like 
this person's gone missing. Go find them for me. I swear. I'm not even joking. I feel like most of them That's are just some. like, oh, no, this person's gone missing. Please help me find them. And then they're dead. You bring back a trinket or you find them and they're alive. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's just decades of RPGs, but I think specifically The Witcher 3. You like go, oh, go find this person. Oh, get there, activate your focus, look for the little blood trail, follow that for <laughs> a hot minute. It's like, it, that's The Witcher. It's yeah. ruined it. It's ruined it for everyone. <laughs> it's- uh, and then again, I know they patched it at some point, but they, like, you need to be able to turn off Aloy's voice prompts. Like, I want them almost completely off because there's just a point where I'm like, stop, like, I'm just look. I'm just picking up material that's on the ground from the fight that I just had. I don't need you telling me where to go because I know where to go. And she does it a lot. That is that's something I've heard a lot of other people. I actually forget now because I haven't really played this game in a couple of months at this point. But like you know, you walk into a room and Aloy will be like, "Oh, I could probably get up there if I like repel off that rock." And you're like, "No, I yeah, I see that. I understand that. I I don't need you to <laughs> outline it." I'd almost love like a button for it. Like it's like essentially a hint button, but like a button where you can prompt Aloy to give you a hint as to what to do next. Because otherwise, it's just, like sure she stops saying like, "Oh, I'll put that in my stash," which is a great update. But she's mm. telling me so much other stuff that I'm like, okay, you need to just settle. You have to wonder what that is. Like, is that just this is a big budget Sony first party title? Like, was it just focus tested into oblivion and people like didn't know how to get up the wall so they're like maybe we just throw in a line for her to say or maybe i could imagine it's something where they could see in the first game people would get to a certain area and not quite understand where to go and would just stop playing yeah yeah and maybe they use that data to to make the decision i just think it's like one thing they do so well there are so many options in this game like go into your settings and just have yeah. a tinker and you can do so much cool shit i went into this thing where i i think El- uh, elden ring actually to some extent but I just went and was like, let's see how minimal of a HUD I can make. And you can do a custom HUD. And I made a HUD that was almost nothing. And it was pretty sick. I was like, this looks fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I really quickly, it it took a lot of tinkering because I kept running up into items in the world and realizing there's no interact button or I couldn't like, so I had to adjust Turn that back on. Yeah. They do their settings very well. And look, overall, such a a good game. Honestly, I really enjoyed that. Kavinda, look, I'm glad you mentioned, well, first of all, can I can I interest you in some quick fire news? Yeehaw. Yeehaw! You mentioned Elden Ring and we we made a pact that we wouldn't when we were talking about Horizon, but uh look, this was better this is than not most. about comparing it, all right? It's just <laughs> yeah, a segue, is... dude. It's just a segue. Would it shock you to know that the Elden Ring trophy completion rate is incredibly high? This is um, no, because I think I told you about this. Where I was like, dude, it's like almost an eight percent platinum. Well, that was like I remember back when I got the platinum, and it was like you know it was already like four or five percent then, which is considering this game sold more than ten million copies, that's very high. Even like a three or four percent, it currently sits at seven point nine percent, which is very surprising to me because this is not an easy game. You have to beat a lot of very difficult bosses mandatory and there's just a lot of fucking around like everyone's using yeah, guides, there is, let's but be clear of course but it's also like it is the epitome of hardcore games at this point yeah it's not like and i'm gonna do it it's not like horizon forbidden west where you can set it to easy and you just you just follow the guide and you're just gonna get the platinum like this there is no easy you have to overcome the bosses that are in front of you and there's just no getting around that like no guide in the world can teach you how to beat the fucking you know True. whatever it is like uh, it's okay it's true you're not wrong 
But what you can do that you can't really do in, say, Horizon, again, let's keep these comparisons going and continually (laughs) tell us we're not going to keep doing it, is I can go to a certain area pretty early on in the game in Elden Ring and I can kill enemies and go up so many levels very, very quickly. And if you really wanted to get this platinum and you weren't very good at the game, you can really just boost your level up enough that you can probably still do it. I wonder how that would be, though, because I I think I was nearly 170 at the end and I was still struggling. Like, you're meant to kind of beat the game around 150, I think. Like, that's sort of the level range of enemies. But, like, yeah, you must have to get up into the 200s if you're a really bad and you just need to have... Yeah, like because you really can't summon in that final fight. I don't know what it is, if it's a glitch or whatever, but I had the same thing where I was in that last boss fight and I was like, look, let's just summon someone, see if it makes it easier. Yeah, get it done. And like, you just can't do it. It no, always no wouldn't work. And so, yeah, yeah, look, anyway, it is just a hardcore game that has a hardcore audience. And I think that the ones, if they're ever going to be trophy hunters, they're going to be in that sort of an audience. You know what I mean? Just for a quick comparison, uh, Bloodborne, another platinum, platinum I have, Govinda as you know, as you well know, uh, is currently sitting at a 6.5%. So Elden Ring is, you know, a little bit more than that. Ghost of Tsushima, a platinum I do not have, is at 13.6%, which is very Wait. high. Oh, sorry. I, I don't know why. We were on a From Software kick, and when you said Ghost oh. of Tsushima, I went straight to Sekiro. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> jaw hit the floor being like, are you kidding no, me? No, no, I, I imagine. A, a mini boss on a bridge and people are platinuming this like that. Yeah, no, that's a fucking brutal platinum. Brutal. Yeah, no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't never. Look, but to be fair, Ghost of Tsushima is is by no means a difficult platinum. It's just a bit of time and a bit of farming. Not even farming, just searching for all the collectibles. (laughs) It is funny, like, contrast that with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which has a 2.4% platinum achievement rate. That game is just too fucking big. It's not difficult. There's just so much. It's not too big. I think that would be a 200-hour platinum, I swear. That game is stupid. It's It really is my white whale. I force myself to go back every now and then because I love the time period and I don't hate the gameplay. It's a little too simplistic for me, but I just keep getting sucked back in. I play it for like two hours. I'm like, this is too big. Can I stop again? <laughs> That's happened <laughs> like six times. Oh, I no, think. no, no. Too big, too big. All right. What else have I got for you today, Govinda? Uh, Amy Hennig. Is she's working on a new Star Wars game. This is relevant because famously, her last Star Wars game uh, never got off the ground and it looked incredible. Was the last one she working on, was that meant to be the 1313? Yeah, the uh, sort of, it wasn't Boba Fett. Was it Boba Fett? It was like a mercenary underworld sort of. Was that 1313? I thought there was another project she was working on that didn't make it as well, but I could be there's wrong. There's been, <laughs> unfortunately for Amy, there's been more than a several projects that have not made it off the ground (laughs) now there's a few things to note here is that she's not a game director anymore she's now the president of the game studio for skydance new media which is essentially a film production company interesting yes so the only two games that skydance media has made is archangel which i've never heard of for some reason, I want to say it's a VR game, but I don't know that for sure. Mm. And The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Yeah, never played it. Yeah. So, look, I just thought it's worth mentioning that she is the president of a studio that doesn't really make games. Uh, but it is important to note that EA no longer has their 10-year agreement with 
Disney. So that's why I assume it's branching out from EA and it's going to someone else. And maybe that's for the best because EA botched their 10 years they had with Star Wars releasing two games. <laughs> like, what, yeah. like, what was it? The Force Awakens. Oh, um, Not Force Awakens. I... Um, Star Force Wars. Unleashed? No, 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 no. They're the oh. old ones. They're the old, old, old ones. My brain is melting. Oh, Fallen Order. Oh, God, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, the new one. Well, EA had 10 years of Star Wars. They made uh, Battlefront. Battlefront 2, which was honestly egg on was, the face of Disney because it tough. looked predatory in its microtransactions and pay-to-win schemes. Uh, and then they have Jedi Fallen Order, which is critically acclaimed, but personally really didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny, Battlefront 2. Like, I... That's one of those games where I just convinced myself that it was good. I, I think I had a pretty good time. I certainly played it for a while. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily have such a negative association with it. I never beat Fallen Order, though. Maybe that's something to look back into. I just couldn't do it. I just found it really, like, I don't know, the, contr- the way the character controlled was super clunky and I would die and it didn't... It was meant to be kind of a Dark Souls-ish Star Wars, right? But at yes. least in Dark Souls, when I died, I was like, I can learn from that. I did something dumb. But with Jedi Fallen Order, I never felt like it was necessarily my fault that I died. And then I couldn't, I couldn't learn something from it. I would just go back and die again and be like, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. Uh, so, look, she's not actually directing a game. She maybe is going to be writing some of it, potentially. But she's the president, so she's really just an overseer at this point, And hopefully that'll work a little bit better because she was known to be a bit of a micromanager according to people that had worked with her closely before. And yeah. maybe this will suit her a little bit better. It's so interesting because I don't really know that I have the Hennig bug. Like, she's spoken of so, like, reverently. Obviously, Uncharted is great. They're not my favourite games. Like, they're certainly impressive. I never played Jack and Daxter. And outside of that, she's mostly known for Legacy of Kane, And I actually have played those games. The second one is pretty average. The first one was great, but it's like a PS1 game. It was, um, you know, kind of a relic of its time. I just, I don't know. The name is like, it's put up there with like, you know, the, the Druckmans, the Barlogs kind of thing. And I just don't know that she, all these projects just keep getting cancelled. It's hard to say like what this could even be. I mean. Yeah. I wonder if she has... Like, I wonder if Disney retained the rights to the game that she was making already. Like, I wonder if she can just take whatever she had for 1313 and be like, okay, well, that's what we're going to make now because I have the team and I can do whatever I want and Disney owns it because they it was part of the contract. I wonder if she can actually just do that and we're just going to see 1313 actually That'd be exist. cool. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of Mickey Mouse fuckery involved where they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. My, I'm just kind of, honestly... I. I'm a little over the whole thing. I'm a little over the superheroes. I'm a little over the Star Wars. Disney's really just killing it at this point. And not in a good way. I'm not like, they're killing not- it. Like, they're just actually killing these franchises a little bit for me. Maybe if it's a really, like, different story. And I honestly, take no Jedis. Get rid of the Jedis. And maybe I'll be interested. But right now, I'm a little bit Star Wars marveled out, you know? Moving right along, Govinda, we have the Shadowrun trilogy coming to PS5 on June 21st. Now, you don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> you no, seem no, no, very no. surprised, uh, somewhat concerned, I might even go yeah. so far as to say. Yeah, uh, no interest in this. Shadowrun is strange. I mean... They kind of have CRPG roots. I'm very interested in this. This actually could be something I dive into. And it's coming out soon. I have it on PC and I've kind of toyed around with it. 
But this is like, I love this world. It's basically cyberpunk, but magic is rediscovered, which causes some people to mutate into elves and orcs and trolls. So you get shit like, you know, a troll hacker who can be specced into carrying like a laser heavy machine gun. It's super grim and dark. Like there'll be like elves working in brothels and stuff. It's like, it's kind of hard to describe. It's like basically Blade Runner as well. There's a whole like, that's what a shadow runner is. They do these like, Jobs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm into it. (laughs) And it's a remaster of newer games in the in an old series. Yeah, this I was (laughs) trying to get this straight in my mind. It's um, this series has you know been around for like 20 years. Uh, It was kind of dead for a long time. Uh, They re-released a game sort of in 2015, and it's had standalone expansions since. And this is a package of the whole deal. I think it's like kind of upresed as well. It it was all all right, honestly. On yep. PC, as it was. And gameplay-wise, it's like a XCOM kind of vibe, correct? In combat, yeah. In combat, yep. it's like turn-based, tactical, but you run around top-down. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like a Baldur's Gate. Or like yeah, a okay, okay, CRPG. Yeah, yeah. Nice, and... the Old Republic kind of vibe. Yeah, which is okay. obviously my shit. Well, this sounds like something I can play in with the power of transferring, because you seem like you're certainly going to get it, and that's going to suit me just fine. Uh, what do we got here? Variable refresh rate support is coming this week for the PS5. Govinda, tech analyst. I don't know what those words mean. Now, Kale, the funny thing about this is only you, of the two of us, only you can benefit from this. So, we oh. have a TV or monitor that supports HDMI 2.1 and has a, re- has a refresh rate up to 120 hertz. Yeah. Uh, I guess it has to be VRR compatible as well, but I'm, I'm assuming your Sony Bravia will be... Essentially, variable refresh rate is a software accelerated something something where it reduces like frame pacing issues, screen tearing, and it just boosts your frame rate overall huh. through the power of science and computers. What they're doing now is if there is a performance mode in any, in any game that's compatible with this, not all of them are, they'll need to be patched to be compatible, it is going to unlock the frame rate. And as an example, people are putting Ratchet and Clank into its performance ray tracing mode and are getting up to 100 frames a second. Oh, wow. Okay, that's so super cool. pretty substantial increase in frame rate for that. I don't know if it's because they're unlocking it necessarily, but also I think the unlocked frame rate combined with the VRR support, people are getting some pretty nice nice results. Okay, that'll be something to check out. I'll, um, uh, yeah, I'll certainly... T- I'm so worried because I'm M technologically illiterate. Like, I'm so worried that... I, my TV isn't set up right all the time. And I think about it. I'm like, I need to like find some <laughs> YouTube guides and like make sure everything is turned on and it's doing the shit it's meant to do. Look, most of the time it's going to do it automatically, mm. which is probably what you want. I don't know exactly what you... Oh, no, because you played like Borderlands and you put Destiny into your 120 frames, right? And that's worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be fine then, and it should just happen automatically. But just games will need to be updated. I think if you go to the PlayStation blog, there'll be a list of games that will be supported when this rolls out. But I assume as it goes on, more games will be supported, and I need to buy a new monitor, I guess. Yeah, look, well, now's the time. Ratchet at 100 frames a second, like, whew. I will say, uh, my experience is that anything beyond 60 frames is virtually, I can't really tell the difference. Like, I'm with you, I'm can't go back from 60 but like yeah this whole like race to 120 is it's kind of insane to me like i don't really get it well something that i'm hoping that it's going to do is while it maybe we can do performance ray tracing at 100 frames a second does that mean i can do 4k at 60 that'd be nice 
Because that's what I'm hoping for out of this is that with VRR support, you'll be able to get actual, like, even if it's checkerboard 4K, but like Horizon can run at 4K 60 now instead of the not quite 4K, a little bit sketchy mode. So Here's one you'll love, Govinda. Your favorite game of last year, It Takes Two, is perhaps... God of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. Uh, no, you love this too, right? No, I did. It was very fun. Uh, we're getting a movie. And furthermore... Dwayne... Oh, sorry, I did cut you off midway through, so maybe just oh. run the whole thing again because they probably didn't hear the game that we were talking about. Oh, it's It Takes Two <laughs> from Hazelight Studios, the co-op adventure that you and I undertook together where we discovered friendship and, quite frankly, reignited the lost spark in our marriage. Which uh, I don't know if missing. that's what it did. I don't know if that's what it did. If anything, I felt like divorce was a, was the right answer once we got back together. That daughter, we agreed that the daughter was clearly neglected in this game <laughs> and that social services I just don't involved. understand how she got through so long. Her parents were obviously, in her eyes, dead, just lying yeah. motionless in chairs and on a couch that she was, like, bothering her, being like, Mom, wake up, Mommy, Mom, wake up. And she just wouldn't, like... And she just chilled. She was just chilling around the house, like, everything was fine. I was like, uh... Whoa. I mean, this is inevitable in the wake of the meteoric success of the Sonic the Hedgehog films. Like, every video game is going to be a movie now, and The Rock is going to be in all of them. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be in this. Is Oh, no, he probably would be. He'd be the, he'd be the clay dad says, for sure. Y- clay daddy. Yeah, it's not confirmed, but he it's said that he may star in the film. So, he's definitely This was like playing. a no-brainer, though. Like, we were playing it this, is. and I was like, this is just Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but in reverse, and we haven't had one of those movies in a long time, so now it makes <laughs> sense to do Honey, I Shrunk Us. Although, I think one of the sequels, actually, he, they shrunk themselves. The parents shrunk themselves. I, I barely remember those movies. I remember the oh, ants. Dude, you gotta get back. The ants. You gotta get back. Yeah. You're on a real, a real 80s kick lately. What else? You were watching something else the other day. 80s? I watched Dumb and Dumber. That was 94. Oh, that was so it. Not, not 80s. I haven't watched an 80s movie. Chill out, dude. Oh, Touche. Come at me Touche. like that. <laughs> all right. That's about all there is there. Uh, I should say that's coming via The Rock's uh, production studio, Seven Bucks. And Joseph Fares, the director of the game, is apparently signed on to be executive producer. So, you know. Govinda, Tales from the Borderlands is getting a sequel. Now, I don't know if you played Tales from the Borderlands. Of course I did. It was great. It was... I loved that shit. Of all the fucking Telltale adaptations, it was my favourite. I laughed out loud. Oh, I lived. I had such a good time with it. So, look, to be fair, the Game of Thrones one I really liked, and I was sad that they didn't finish that story because they just... They shuttered the studio, but that was a bit of a... That was a sad one. But Tales from the Borderlands was amazing. And obviously, 2K must appreciate what it did for the the franchise because they are the ones that are doing this, correct? Uh, Yeah, that's right. We don't know if it's going to be a direct sequel, whether it will be different characters or whether it'll just be that style set in the Borderlands universe. This is great. Every now and then, oh, well... I'd say at least twice since beating this game, I go to YouTube and I Google the the finger gun scene, the fucking climactic, which is so good. It's just, <laughs> it's incredible. It truly is. <laughs> uh, outside of that, Kaminda, there's a little game called Chained Echoes, and I made you watch the trailer earlier. Um, this is another game that I'm very, very excited about. Would you please describe it for the good folks? What? Me? Yeah, what is Chained Echoes? Oh. Um, anime characters, turn-based combat, sprites, 
looks kind of like a Chrono Trigger oh, vibe. We'll, we'll make a fucking games journalist of you yet. It is the true era to the Super Nintendo fucking classic Chrono Trigger with its pixel-perfect sprite work and smooth party-based JRPG system. Something like that. You know what I mean? You just like... Turn-based systems. You know, you know what I mean. That's what an editor is for. <laughs> they catch all that garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry. My bad. Anyway. I, I didn't really understand what... I, I This was not really on my radar. I literally saw someone share it on Twitter, and now I'm really excited about it. Uh, go watch the trailer. It's called Chained Echoes. Uh, can, I, can I play it on Vita? No, the Vita's dead, my friend. Dead and gone. Are they releasing games on Vita anymore? No, it's fucking really grim. Mm, that's if sad. you ever find, go on that. I, Vita yeah, part of me wanted to get one the other day. Where I was like, I just want to buy a Vita, but I don't really. You know what I mean? I'm looking at mine right now, and you know what? It looks good. It looks good. Remember Dying Light 2, Govinda, the game that broke both your heart and mine? Well, guess what? It didn't break my heart. It just wasn't as good as I was hoping. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Uh, it sold impressively. Five million copies, and DLC is coming soon. Uh, in one of my darker moments, I was like, do I, do I read? Do I re-download Dying Light 2? Do I poke around because I've got fucking nothing better to do? I didn't. No. But I thought about it. No, you don't. I don't I don't know. I, I don't really have an urge to go back. I'd rather go play Cyberpunk than Dying Light 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm weirdly weirdly drawn to it. But you're right, it's not gonna happen. It's just a pipe dream. Look, we're going to maybe have a bit of a downturn for the rest of the year. So, hey, there's plenty of time. It's going to be great at the end of the year when we get to, like, look back at everything. Like, fuck, they overpromise with this thing. <laughs> like, the trailers we're from... Dying Light? Yeah. Like, the trailers yeah, yeah. and, like, you know, the fucking your actions will have consequences. Like, the consequences are so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> maybe traps will appear instead of fucking zip lines in a neighborhood. That's the consequence. Don't you get different quests? I'm pretty sure you get different quests if you we did talk side with different factions. Yeah, we did talk about it, but it's it's minimal, and the quests are garbage. So, what's it really matter? Like more, they're so poorly more bad, written. So that's not good. <laughs> At least it was dumb fun, though. It's fun to beat a zombie's head in. Look, I I just think the parkour system is really fun. That was good. It's too. Crazy. That was good too. And finally, uh, we have the release dates announced for PS Plus Premium. What are we calling? Is that what we're calling it? Just generally. It's very confusing to me. Well, on this podcast, we're going to continue to call it PlayStation Plus Plus. Of course. Now, yeah, I forgot about that, that. The thing to note about this is that we don't know when it's coming out for us because we don't know what market we're in and we are not specified explicitly in this post. I don't like that. Sometimes we're thrown in with Asia. Sometimes we're thrown in with Europe. It's very confusing. Well, our, pl- our PS store is Europe. Yeah, that's right. But... We are in Australasia. But so generally, it's, it's in terms of like rollouts, it's like New Zealand, then Australia, then it like moves to, you know, Japan and other regions. It's hard to say who we yes. fit in with. So right now, Asia markets excluding Japan, it's going to be May 23rd. That's a targeting anyway. Uh, Japan itself will be June 1st. America's June 13th. And Europe is June 22nd. The annoying thing is that PlayStation Australia tweeted this out with no information about any pricing or anything for Australia. 
Uh, but press start seemed to get the information that we all were after, and the Australian prices are listed as such for PlayStation Plus Essential, which is essentially any PlayStation Plus that you have right now is exactly that. I think it's staying the same at $11.95 a month. For the PlayStation Plus Extra, which comes with the 400 downloadable PS4, PS5 games, that's going to take run you $18.95 a month for 400 games. Not too bad. Extra mm. like six bucks uh and then we have the australian playstation plus deluxe which is important to denote the australian because things are a little bit different for us down under so that comes with everything all the other ones have plus ps1 ps2 and psp classics and that comes at 21.95 a month one thing to note which is very important is Mm. australia for some reason will not be able to stream ps3 games it's so ridiculous i mean like it's i feel like the outrage just as a as a knee-jerk reaction because honestly i'm still not sold on even getting this but why is it what is it about us that we cannot have that why it's so i think that they're probably alluding to our poor poor internet infrastructure but that's Uh. just a real i don't think that's accurate anymore like i don't i just don't think it is I think because Australia is so large, if they look at it at like a per capita level and they're looking at like all the regional areas, probably, yeah, sure, a lot of people cannot handle streaming. But my internet is typically very good and I can definitely handle streaming. And Microsoft allows streaming in Australia, to my knowledge. So it's possible. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why. Because we never got PS Now either, so... It's very... Look, I don't know. I think I need to be sold on this. It's it's still not... Like, I'm just going to live with my essential and if there's something cool maybe i'll upgrade that's it i think we just need to see the list of these 400 games before i'm going to be considering upgrading for another six bucks a month honestly i've played so many of the games that i want to play and unless there's some really cool shit on there i don't see myself upgrading myself but i know a lot of people who don't buy a lot of games and for six bucks a month on top of what they're already paying like why not just get the extra one it's 400 games you'd probably i know people who would never buy another game again because Obviously, the list will keep getting updated, and there's already so many there that they'll be sorted. It is. I got to say, it kind of surprises me that, like that, for Asia, this will be out next this time next month. That's yeah, sooner than I expected. Yeah, um, surely they're going to have to release the list of games at some point in the near future. So hopefully, that'll be in the next coming weeks. Finally, Govinda, it's time for the news that we, or at least I hope you care about. God of War Ragnarok is a game that is constantly in the news, but one we know desperately little about. Just this week, on April 20th, we passed the four-year anniversary of Sony Santa Monica's God of War reboot. Some thought this occasion might be a good time for the studio to give us all a release date on this highly anticipated sequel. Instead, we got this. Creative director Corey Barlog released a short video that basically thanked fans for their support and said that, quote, it's not ready to be shown yet, end quote gamers being what they are freaked out animation director bruno velasquez took to twitter to clarify that ragnarok is still slated to release in 2022 so we are ultimately right back to where we started govinda did this it it just happens all the time Corey barlow he comes out here he says it's not ready to be shown yet everyone takes that to 11 they're like this game is in development hell it's never coming out we're never gonna see it what, what, what are your feelings on this? At this point, I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. I kind of wish he didn't do this. People went crazy, especially because he deleted his Twitter, or at least took his Twitter offline, so everyone's, like, freaking out. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe he's just busy, and he didn't need the distraction of Twitter while he's working on the crunchiest crunch of this game right now. So, 
he's also, if I'm not mistaken, he's not the director of this game. I think you're right about that. I don't actually have that right here. I believe you're right about that. He's kind of working on whatever is coming next. And, you know, obviously he's involved, but maybe not as much as during what I'm now going to call God of War Part 1. Yeah, so the game director for Ragnarok is actually Eric Williams. So I think Barlog has moved on to a new IP that apparently they're making and they've separated the team, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously he's kind of the face of the franchise, but he's actually not the one who's running it right now. If I remember correctly, when God of War came out last time, they didn't really give us a release date until like three months before the game came out. And I'm not going to be surprised if they repeat that this time. That's what they keep saying is that when it's ready to be shown, they're going to show it. So my understanding to that is once they show it, it's basically complete. Like we're going to be getting it pretty quickly. That's kind of my thinking too. And I believe last time with the God of War in 2018, they they were saying the game was not running well and not complete up until a few months before it released. So I think they really used that polish time wisely to get it ready to go before it came out. So look, I'm not super worried. And the animation director is a relatively high up role and obviously their job ultimately will be mostly done by now, I'd hope. Mm. Like animation should be relatively locked. And if they're telling us that it's going to come in 2022, I feel like they're a pretty good source that it's going to be coming in 2022. Yeah. Gut feeling is I'm, I think it's going to be out this year. Shout out to, <laughs> we just crossed over, you know, we, we didn't actually get to work together, but my almost colleague, uh, Alana Pierce at IGN. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> there was a bit of a crossover there. We didn't actually, we didn't actually, you know, get to collaborate or anything. But she's she's working on God of War Ragnarok as a writer, and as I just think it's a fun bit of trivia. She's from Brisbane. She lived yeah, where, she is. where you are, Govinda. Isn't this a she's small a country? A small, tiny town? Let's get her on the show. Ah, oh, she'd never go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look, I think my gut feeling is this game is definitely coming out this year. I know I make jokes about it getting pushed to early 2023, which, look, it's possible for sure. Uh, but I think they're a good studio and I think they'll, they'll squeak it out. It's going to be such a grim year if it doesn't. Like, this really does need to be the big end-of-year fucking tentpole that just brings us home because otherwise, I mean, you've included this helpful, helpful list of games yet to release. And it's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, there's oh, good yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, it's very bad. There's good stuff in here, but it's separated by months. Like Eventually, like, I'm looking through... I've got a release schedule here for PS5 games to come out this year. Let's take a little bit of a look at it. Like, for me, May, we'll go month by month. I would probably check out Trek to Yomi and perhaps Salt and Sacrifice. I liked Salt and Sanctuary. This is the sequel. Yeah, yeah. But I, that's I know it. <laughs> I don't know Trek to Yomi, but I know Salt and Sacrifice I, wasn't for me. It's... A 2D platformy Dark Souls, essentially. Trek to Yomi is that black and white samurai game that's kind of been getting a bit of play. Uh, oh, no, that does look interesting. Yeah. I'll definitely wait until you buy it and then <laughs> steal it from you for sure. June, uh, June, we have The Quarry, which we spoke about. That's the um, Until Dawn successor. I'll definitely uh, yep. I'll true, play that. True. Look, and honestly, even Sonic Origins, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm going to wait for reviews for sure, but I'm <laughs> open world Sonic. I'm kind of interested. If it's anything like Mario 64... That could be sick. June, there's nothing. There's two games listed. Neither of them are interesting to no, me. No, they're tentative. So, June is uh, the quarry. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I see. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And then June tentative is, is below that as well. July. There's an nope. F1 game. Do you like that? 
My brother certainly will. F-122, I won't buy it myself. But look, I like F-1 outside of playing games. My problem with F-120, any like racing game, is I don't like playing on a pad. And if I had an actual like steering wheel set up, I would probably sink disgusting amounts of hours into it. Look, but I don't, and I won't. You know what I mean? Uh, moving into August, and like, fuck, we're already, that's like three months away. <laughs> which, uh, uh, I don't, it can't be right. This can't be a complete list. It's saying like in July and August combined, there are seven games coming out. I believe it. For August, I'll, I'll check out Soul Hackers. And weirdly, I'm kind of interested in this two-point campus after your brief foray into the world of managing dinosaurs in a dinosaur park. This mm. is, this looks great. It's like a university. You set up a uni. I could be into that. It looks all right. Soul Hackers is fucking vaguely Shin Megami Tensei related. I'll probably play it. It's Atlas. It's going to be all right. And then we go into just September, which is Steel Rising and Test Drive Unlimited, which is not appealing to me. I don't know if you're interested in Steel Rising. We we spoke about that last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it's for me. Q3, there is literally nothing there that interests me. And then it goes to October for Spoken and Gotham Knights. They're probably the two big ones. And then we've also got uh, Hogwarts Legacy that's just slated for Q4. Sonic Frontiers is meant to come out this year, and that that's the open world one that kind of looked cool. Oh, that's the open world one. Okay. Never oh, mind. yeah. What was, Sonic, uh, what was the other Sonic one? I believe that's Origins. a collection of remakes. Not remakes, remasters. Uh, okay. I take it all back. Everything I'm interested in is from October and beyond. Oh, here's so. the good stuff, by the way. We have 2022 tentative, no firm dates. Here we have stuff like... Yep. Plague Tale Requiem, I'm in for that. Chernobylite looked decent. We have Final Fantasy 16. I doubt that's happening. No, definitely not. God of War. Oh, uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Is that the PSVR game they just announced for Ghostbusters? I really don't like Ghostbusters. I get in trouble that's for crazy. saying that. I don't think it's yeah, very good. Crazy. Yeah, I don't really like... I don't know if the games have always been bad, but the movies are fantastic. And I'll, you take that back. I'll go so far to say is I think Bill Murray's actually pretty overrated. Um... Just well, he did just shut down a whole production because people were complaining about him, so there's that. <laughs> I fucking forgot about Six Days in Fallujah. That's meant to come out this year. After all the hullabaloo it caused, that's meant to come out this oh, year. Um, I'm actually looking at this list and it's actually really depressing, so hopefully some of these games start getting announced, but really for the next four months, there's going to be <laughs> almost nothing to play. We're going to... We're going to be playing a lot of Destiny. Is what I is what I'm seeing here. We're, we should we should have waited. We should have waited. We should have waited. I mean, we still got plenty. Cyberpunk, here I come. You can finally finish uh, Persona. Persona Five. Fuck yeah, it's going to happen. No, nah, it's not. Who knows? Kevinda, get me the fuck out of here. I'm starving. This has been episode 47 of Long Live Play. I've been me, Cal's been him, and this is us being real sad about the next four months of no games to play. I've blown my wad too early in the year and so's kale and all we've got left is dregs for spoken to look forward to uh yeah that's um... just really quickly on Forspoken. didn't someone from square enix come out and say that they they have accepted that they need to stop trying to make western games and they should just stick with what they know yeah that was actually a story i thought about including it was i believe it was the president of square enix and he yeah, dub- yeah, yeah. he also doubled down on nfts in gaming which is just about the most toxic Awful. thing <laughs> but does it i i was thinking about it pretty much just as we said that but square enix is doing for spoken correct yeah they're publishing it i believe 
I feel like him saying that was a direct shot fired across the bow of Forspoken that looks very much like a Japanese company making a Western game. It's true. It's, it's I don't know. People, people, that's actually a really interesting um, interview. If you read into it, like what he says, like he basically admits that Japanese developers aren't, it's not that they can't, it's just that when they try to ape Western designs, it just, it kind of falls flat. And that has yeah, been, yeah. that has been true. Like, you know, something like Final sure. Fantasy 15 is, is not The Witcher 3. It's not. Fallout, yeah. like it's like they're not good at doing Western games, so they should just kind of stick in the wheelhouse that they know and they're good at. And that's the thing; he's like, "There's no reason to try because Japanese games are incredible in their own right. Like they don't need to be Western. In fact, it's better that they're not. <laughs> it's better that they. Uh, I don't know where I saw it. I, it was something like that because the the Japanese market used to be so big that then they would make Japanese RPGs. And then when they saw that the Japanese market was smaller than China and the US, then they started shifting into making like more Western style games. Yeah. Without realizing that there are so many fans of JRPGs and stuff in those countries anyway, that they could just keep doing what they were doing. That's a quick aside. Anyway, that was literally right as we were checking out. Yeah, I love that. Love that quick aside in the closing seconds. (laughs) Little quick aside in the closing second. This is why you need to listen to the end, because this is where you get the fucking meat and potatoes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Follow us on socials, at LongLivePod. Linktree's in there for all the other ones. If you just need to find us somewhere, and you can find us everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know what Cal's playing this week on the YouTube, but... It's probably going to be Destiny, based on what he told me just um, about an hour ago. And um, this has been this has been me, and he's been him. Yeah, and you can find me on just like basically any major video game website. I'll probably just be there, so that's fine. Thank you. Yeah, he'll be there lurking in the comment section, not actually publishing anything, just lurking well, in the comment look. section. The most, I would say, apart from Twitter, IGN maybe has the most toxic comment section of all time. Fuck, we didn't even talk about Elon Musk. Let's do that next week. I'd love to. And Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Goodbye. Bye.